You already know what time it is. It's the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 29. We letting this shit run. Let's fucking go. This shit make you want to Harlem shake on the corner with a baggy white tee on. Yes, sir. Back like Jordan wearing the faux five. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 29 of the Bronx Bias Podcast. I'm your host. My name is Denzel. I want to start by saying thank you to everyone who tunes in, who likes, who subscribes, who shares, and who supports. Thank you to everyone who is active and engaging with me on the social media platforms. I truly appreciate all the love and all the support I receive from y'all. Thank you to all the essential workers out there busting their ass. And thank you to all the people who are out here continuously using their voices to affect change in a positive way. We always, 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 always have to start the shows with the thank yous. Now. Don't let my uh, upbeat voice fool you. Usually I say I'm in a I'm very happy to pod and I'm in a great mood. Let's go and all that shit. And I play my I'm in a very good mood clip. Just because I'm speaking with a, a, a higher inflection does not mean I'm in a good mood. I am suffering right now. I am not in a great mood. And you're going to find out why very soon. Uh, but I want to just make sure I get all my pleasantries out of the way. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you guys for tuning in again. And uh, I am happy to pod. I'm happy to be in a position where I can pod still, but I am suffering. So we just going to go, man. We just going to go. Let's just start. Let's just start. Today's intro was an amazing song, an amazing fucking song. That was the special delivery remix by G Depp featuring Ghostface Killer, P. Diddy, Keith Murray, and Craig Mack off of the We Invented the Remix album. Uh, just a little history for you. Uh, in the late, no, no, I'm sorry, in the early 2000s, remixes were like a huge part of the culture. Like, If you had a hit song to either extend the life of that song or just to even just increase whatever the worth of the song or whatever, remixing was hot. And in 2002, um, P. Diddy and the Bad Boy family had an idea to just take a whole bunch of popular Bad Boy songs uh, 
because P. Diddy is bad boy, and create a remix album. This is just a compilation album of a whole bunch of popular songs remixed. So uh, there was a, I Need a Girl Part 1, I Need a Girl Part 2, the Special Delivery, obviously. Uh, there was a Notorious B.I.G. remix version of a song, and that shit was hard. Like, I remember having that shit on my fucking CD player. Like, me and my sister would go back and forth rapping the verses on Special Delivery, and it just takes you back, like... You want to be on 125th Street, <laughs> fucking Harlem shaking with a big ass white tee on when you hear that shit. That's just how it makes me feel. Um, and it's a great song. And it's just like the culture changes so much. Things change so much in the landscape of music. Like remixing was so popular. It was to a point where you knew the remix was coming out. If a song came out and popped, you knew. Either a month, three weeks, two weeks later, a remix was coming out. That's just how the shit was. You get popping with a song, automatically you get it remixed. Nowadays, you rarely see remixes. Remixes are very, like, it's really been lost, the art of remixing. So, shout out to Diddy, man, for that reinvented the remix album. That was a great idea. It's just a great idea. And those songs were amazing. If you haven't heard it, again, uh, this is what I'm here for. I know there's a whole bunch of people who've never heard of G-Dep before, who have probably never heard of Keith Murray or Ghostface Killer. Like, listen to them if you want, you know, is it just here? These are just songs that I like. I love. I grew up listening to these shits, but now I'm, I'm certain there's a certain amount of people who probably just have no idea. Um, So, you know, I just I just love showcasing those different types of songs. It takes you back in time, puts you like in a time machine, takes you back to when things were easier. And all you wanted to do was listen to music and Harlem Shake on the corner. So shout out to Diddy, man. Shout out to G-Dep, the deputy. Shout out to Ghostface Killer, Craig Mack, rest in peace, and Keith Murray, man. Shout out to y'all for that amazing song. Now it's time for my favorite, 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 favorite segment of the podcast, Bronx Facts. For those of you guys who do not know, maybe it's your first time listening to the show, Bronx Facts is a segment I like to do at the beginning of each show. Just to give one fact about the Bronx, New York, that people may not know, that people may have never heard before, uh, just to try and show how many great things, how many great people, and how many great ideas come from the Bronx, New York. So, your Bronx fact for today is, the borough of the Bronx houses a number of colleges and universities, including Fordham University, Bronx Community College, Hostos Community College, the State University of New York's Maritime College, Lehman College, Boricua College, the Furcar Graduate School of Psychology, Albert Einstein College of Medicine, and Monroe College. Education is definitely readily available in the Bronx, New York. And that is your Bronx Fact for episode number 29. <laughs> Damn, son, where'd you find this? Also, sidebar, I love I, maybe my Bronx people definitely know. Monroe College in the Bronx has one of the greatest music videos ever. One of the greatest music videos to promote their college ever made. Um, if I don't have time to play this shit for you, go on YouTube.com, type in Monroe College video, 
you're going to know exactly what I'm talking about. It's a woman singing about Monroe College as she's coming off the train. Legendary Bronx. <laughs> legendary Bronx shit. That's all I got to say. Legendary Bronx shit. All right, so we getting right to the shits, man. We getting right to the shits. <sighs> I've had a very up and down week. And uh, I didn't know how to approach this coming into this week's show, to be honest. To let you behind the curtain, I writ I wrote a show. I had a show written by Wednesday night. I had a show. I wrote everything. I had everything in the tuck. I had everything in the clip already for today. I usually record on Saturday, so I'm recording. It is August 22nd. I'm recording. And then on Thursday, something happened. Something happened that changed the trajectory of this show. On Thursday, it was the 2020 NBA Draft Lottery. Now, for people who don't not people who don't know, um, the NBA Draft Lottery is an annual event held by the National Basketball Association, in which teams who have missed the playoffs the previous year participate in the lottery process to determine the draft order in the NBA Draft. The lottery winner would get the first selection in the draft. The lottery pick denotes a draft pick whose position is determined through the lottery. Meaning, normally in baseball and football, let's just say, just keep it on those two. The way it goes is the worst team for that season, depending on trades or what have you, just by record, gets the number one pick in the draft. So, for example, in in the NFL season, there are 16 games. If you win zero games, if you go 0 for 16, you will get the first pick in the draft. Uh, And that's, you know, before we take into consideration pick trading, etc., all the other businesses of sports. Just by record, if you win zero games in the NFL, you will get the first pick in the draft. The NBA is different. The NBA does it on a lottery system. Basically, teams with the worst records have a certain amount of percentages of winning the top pick. It's a way to de-incentivize tanking at the same time trying to keep it, I guess, mixy. You know, I can't really explain in my head the reason for the lottery. It's like... It's a wrinkle, I guess. It, and it's just a wrinkle. I mean, I understand how it prevents tanking because in the NBA, you could blow four seasons in a row and get four number one overall picks. Like, I understand that if that was the uh, way of, you know, rebuilding. So the lottery says, OK, you can suck and you'll get a high pick, but you probably won't get the number one pick every year. Right. OK, that's cool. That's cool. Why am I talking about the NBA draft lottery? So on Thursday, it happened. It happened. Uh, well, before I even get to the that, the nature of sports goes, all good teams will become bad, and all bad teams will become good. That's just the way that the sports cycle goes. That's the way it should go. Everyone will have their time to shine. 
and everyone will have their time to sit. For certain organizations, that's definitely true. Prime example, Golden State Warriors. The Golden State Warriors were trash, for lack of a better term, for a long time. From let's ballpark it, the end of Run TMC was... Oh, Run TMC, I'm sorry. It's Golden State Warriors players, uh, Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, and Chris Mullen, very popular in the early 90s. And they were called Run TMC because the initials of their name. And they used to run up and down the court very fast. Run TMC. That was in the early 90s. Let's just say, let's just, I'm just going to make it up. 1995. Let's just say from 1995. 1995 to 2013. Right? The Golden State Warriors were bad. Very, very bad. A very bad team. But through that process, through drafting, through some trades, through good management, they're one of the preeminent teams in the league. Stephen Curry, Klay Thompson, Draymond Green, Kevin Durant at one point, Steve Kerr, Mark Jackson. It's That's the way it should go. You suck for a long time. But eventually, you get it right. Now that brings us to why I'm so upset. The New York Knicks. No! No! The New York Knicks. The New York Knicks have been a laughing stock of the league. A horrible franchise. One of the worst professional sports franchises in modern history. The New York Knicks can't do anything right. They can't do anything right. The New York Knicks have promised us a lot of things. They've promised us Success, competence, winning, which is all we care about. The New York Knicks since 1999, their last NBA Finals appearance, have been utter trash. A disaster, to quote Stephen A. Smith, an atrocity. And how do you... How, how do you feel today as a Knicks fan? I feel like shit. The New York Knicks hit rock bottom, I would say, the beginning of last season. Where Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, and Zion Williamson did not come to the team. Which we were promised. People who are... Uh, not in the know with the sports world. I'll give you a brief summary. In 2015, the New York Knicks drafted Kristaps Porzingis, 7-3 center from Latvia. During that time, they also had Carmelo Anthony and one of the greatest coaches in the history of the game, Phil Jackson, as their president of basketball operations. It became very clear that 
the trajectory of the team was not going up, but going down. The New York Knicks then decided to cut bait and start over. Carmelo Anthony was gone. Christoph Porzingis saw the amount of dysfunction and forced his way out, making the Knicks trade him for nothing, basically. I'm not going to get into the details. Because we were promised a chance. Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, getting the number one pick in the draft, which would be Zion Williamson, and returning Madison Square Garden back to prominence. Not only did we not receive Zion Williamson, we didn't we didn't receive Kyrie Irving or Kevin Durant either. And to top it off, you know where they went? Right up the fucking street to Brooklyn. To the Barclays Center in New York City. So how do we then, as Knicks fans, consolidate this trauma? We look to the future. We know a rebuild is possible. Philadelphia. Golden State. Milwaukee. Oklahoma City. These are teams that were able to rebuild in a organic, well-calculated way. The New York Knicks are a disaster. And after the pain, heartbreak, and heartache that we felt, we said at least we have a better chance of getting the number one overall pick. This draft is not really loaded. There's, it's very heavy at the top, very lean at the bottom. In, in my opinion, the best four players are James Wiseman, LaMelo Ball, Anthony Edwards, and Obi Toppin. Top four. Be in range for the top four. New York Knicks. I watched the New York Knicks draft lottery, or the draft lottery in general, With high hopes and anticipation. What did we receive for all of our pain and our suffering? For the promises that have been broken. The number eight pick in the draft belongs to the New York Knicks. Do you know who has the top two picks? The Minnesota Timberwolves with a good team good young players and the golden state warriors that is the reality of new york basketball at this point how much more suffering can i take is the question i don't know guys to be honest i don't know i don't deserve this suffering I don't deserve this misery. What the fuck have I done to deserve this? This pain is not something that I need to be dealing with. This is not good for my health. I'm going to read you 
Because you know what? I'm bitch moaning and complaining about how the Knicks got a low draft pick, but I don't even know if the Knicks would be able to draft the right player. I'm going to read you from the year 2003, because that's when I really got into basketball. From the year 2003 to, to now, the people that the New York Knicks have selected in the NBA draft. 2003, Mike Sweetney, Magic Lampy, Slavo Vrains. 2004, Trevor Ariza, good player. He's not with the Knicks. 2005, Channing Fry, David Lee, Dijon Thompson. 2006, Renardo Bachman, Marty Collins. 2007, Wilson Chandler, good player, not with the Knicks. 2008, Danilo Gallinari, good player, not with the Knicks. 2009, Jordan Hill. 2010, Andy Routens, Landry Fields. 2011, Iman Shepard, not with the team. 2012, Costas Papa Nicolau. 2013, Tim Hardaway Jr., not with the team. 2014, Clee Anthony Early, Thanasis Antetokounmpo, Giannis' brother. 2015, Kristaps Porzingis. 2017, this is where it gets flagrant. 2017, Frank Nilakatina. Damian Dotson and Ojanin Jaramaz. I'm going to read you 2018, 2019, and then we could go into those drafts in particular. Because uh, they were... (sighs) What a shit show. Anyway, let me just continue. 2018, Kevin Knox, Mitchell Robinson. 2019, R.J. Barrett and Kyle Guy. In the 2017 draft, the New York Knicks selected Frank Nicolatina, number eight overall. Obviously, we couldn't pick higher than number eight. So I'm not going to be mad that we didn't get Mark Helfold, Alonzo Ball, Jason Tatum, Josh Jackson, De'Aaron Fox, Jonathan Eisen, Laurie Markkinen. I can't be mad because that wasn't our selection. I'm just going to read you some of the players who went after that pick. Number eight. Dennis Smith Jr., can I interest you? Zach Collins, good player. He's hurt right now. He's good, though. Malik Monk, even. And this is where it gets super flagrant. Donovan fucking Mitchell. Bam Adebayo. John Collins. Jared Allen, Kyle Kuzma. That was 2017. We decided that those players weren't as good as Frank Nilakatina. 2018, the New York Knicks selected number nine overall. Again, you can't fight your draft position. So we couldn't get Luka, who was a beast. We couldn't get 3J, Jaron Jackson Jr., who's a beast. We couldn't get DeAndre Ayton, who's a beast. We couldn't get Trey Young, who's a beast. 
We couldn't get them. I understand. We couldn't pick higher than where we were. Let me read you some of the players that went after number nine. Shea Gilgis Alexander, can I interest you? There wasn't much after that. Mikhail Bridges is all right. But this is where 2018 hurts me the most. The New York Knicks had a chance to select Michael Porter Jr. Now, again, for my non-real sports fans, I understand this is probably going over your head. But just bear with me. Let me vent. Let me vent. Michael Porter Jr. is fucking nice. He was nice in high school. He was the number one high school player. Goes to college at the University of Missouri. Suffers a back injury. Fine. You don't want to take a chance. On Michael Porter Jr. Fine. 6'10". Dribbles like a guard. Shoots like Steph. Can rebound. Is quick. You don't want him. He's tearing it up with Denver right now. You don't want him. You want Kevin fucking Knox. Kevin Knox is fucking trash. He's trash. Straight up and down trash. That's the one that really upsets me the most. Kevin fucking Knox is fucking trash. Frank Nilakatina is trash. Two thousand nineteen. Look, I'm not gonna say nothing negative about R.J. Barrett. I don't know what R.J. Barrett is gonna be. I don't know. I have no idea, so I, I'm not even going to say, you know what I'm saying? Hey, RJ, you may be good. You may end up being good. But I'll tell you who went right before RJ and, and uh, in the draft. We were the number three overall pick last year. I'll tell you who went before them. Two franchise-changing players, Zion Williamson and Ja Morant. Oh, you know who also went after uh, RJ Barrett? Tyler Hero, I think we might want him. I think we might want Tyler Hero. He seems like he's really good in Miami. That's not to top off. We've skipped Bam Adebayo, who's also playing really well in Miami. This suffering and pain, is, is it worth that? I don't know if it is. The teams that are bad teams usually reverse the trend. That's what that's the point. Teams who are bad teams usually reverse the trend. If you are a bad team at one point, if you rebuild properly, if you draft the right players and you make the right personnel decisions, you will become a good team. 
Golden State did it. They that's the best example. Golden State did it. The Lakers did it with uh uh Kobe Bryant. Nobody knew Kobe Bryant in 1996. Charlotte drafted Kobe Bryant and traded him to Los Angeles for Vlade Divac. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace, was is one of the greatest players of all time. The Lakers knew. Golden State knew. Oh, by the way, by the way, you know who was picked right before the Knicks in 2009 draft? The Golden State Warriors. You know who they took? Stephen Curry. Would the Knicks have taken Stephen Curry? I don't know. But we didn't even get a chance. Teams that are bad teams usually become good. That's the point. With good drafting, good personnel decisions, and good leadership. The Knicks have neither. None. None of the above. And stupid Knicks fans like me, like me, have to suffer year after year after year. Why? Why? I didn't choose this, this life. This life chose me. Why in one of the greatest cities in the world is our team so trash? I'll tell you why. It's number one reason. James Dolan. James Dolan is the owner of the New York Knicks. He ain't shit. The people who he puts in, in positions ain't shit. The people who he selects to draft players ain't shit. Even bad teams currently have bright futures. The Atlanta Hawks have John Collins and Trey Young. They're not a good team, but they got a future. They got a future. Minnesota got a future. Oh, Golden State, you thought the dynasty was over? Right back at your fucking necks. Denver Nuggets have a future. Nikola Jokic, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. They got a future. What do the Knicks have? Pain, sorrow, and disgust. I'm going to end it here. I don't want to talk about the New York Knicks anymore. They probably won't get another segment like this in the in the remaining history of this podcast unless something else very egregious happens. But this is just disgusting. It's sickening. And I don't know how much more of this I can take. People hit me cracking on me all week. Number eight, number eight, ha, 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 number eight, ha, ha, shut up, I'm in no mood, guys, pray for me, just pray, just pray for me, that's all I can say, pray for me, if you suffered through this rant long enough, I appreciate you, I appreciate everyone who tunes in to listen, but Denzel needs your prayers, I need your prayers. I am in a position of of so much so much pain. And I don't know how much longer I can continue. Do I want to hand him my next card? I don't. But I think I might have to. 
I'm on the brink. So James Dolan, wherever you are, you could eat a Frank. Scott Perry and Steve Mills, you can eat a Frank. Well, shit, you love Frank. You drafted Frank Nilla Katina. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I'm going to leave it here, guys. Pray for me. Just keep me in your thoughts and your prayers. This is probably the worst opening segment I've ever had, but it's necessary because I need you guys to feel my pain. The worst episode of this podcast is episode six. I firmly believe that. A lot of things were happening with me uh, going on. A lot of things uh, in terms of like what I was going through outside of this podcast. That was the worst episode ever. This is probably going to top that. Just pray for me. Just pray for me. If you love me, just pray for me. And that's all I got to say. If you love me, just pray for me. It's no secret that I get disgusted by a lot of things. I'm very disgusted, to be quite honest with you. I'm just so disgusted. I can't tell you how disgusted I am. I'm disgusted with him right now. I'm so disgusted. I'm disgusted with it. I'm so disgusted. I'm so damn disgusted. I'm just disgusted. Oh, I'm just, I'm just trying to be cool. <sighs> Moving right along. Moving right along. You guys can follow me and hit me up on Instagram and Twitter. Instagram is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-E-I-G-H-B-O-R-H-O-O-D. Twitter is Rogers Neighborhood, R-O-D-G-E-R-S, Neighborhood, N-G-H-B-R-H-D. There are no vowels in Neighborhood on Twitter. And I'm saying it and repeating it for the one millionth time because... I ask you guys weekly to send in comments, questions, concerns, feedback, constructive criticism, whatever you have for me. And you guys really support me. And I really appreciate it, man. I really, really appreciate it. I really, really, really appreciate it. I work so hard to just try my best and make a show that I'm proud of. And you guys listen, man. You guys support. So I really appreciate it. Um, We're going to answer some questions. That I have received here. Not many because I've ran way too long on Nick shit. So I got to breeze through these. First one says. Uh, where do you get most of your decorations from your for your home? Target. Now Target is like. But but Target is different. though, Right. Because like. Let's say you go into Target. For a lamp. Some light bulbs. And. Um, uh. Uh. A set of forks. Let's just make it up. Three things. You will leave out of Target with over $300 worth of shit. So Target is the devil, but it's the best place to shop. It's a horrible place to work because I work there, but it is a fantastic place to shop. I love Target. I love Target. What? The only thing I didn't do from Target was get that credit card. And I'm so glad I didn't because I'll be owing Target in the thousands of dollars. <laughs> so definitely Target. Target's the best place to shop for your house, for your pets, for food, for, uh, uh, you know, home shit like sheets and shower curtains and bath towels and cups and plates and all that shit. Literally everything you need is in target literally everything you need is in target so definitely target definitely target the next one says 
Mm, this is odd. It says, what celebrity would make the worst leader of the country? Um, Where have you been for the last four years? Were you born yesterday? Literally? The worst leader of the country is in that motherfucking seat right now. And he's a celebrity. Now, maybe you wanted me to make up a name. Maybe you wanted me to, like, say, okay, a current celebrity who's not in the office. For example, somebody crazy. Dennis Rodman or something. I'm making it up. No. The worst motherfucker is already in that bitch. His name is Donald J. Trump. He's in that bitch already. That's the worst that I could think of. Now, what I've taken the liberty to do is find a clip. Maybe I'll play two of them for you. Um, The first one is Cat Williams, and the second one is Mike Pence. Cat Williams is a stand-up comedian. Uh, Everybody knows, well, not everybody, but a lot of people know him. He was Monday Mike and Friday After Next. He's a stand-up comedian. He was on Wildin' Out. He was in uh, the Donald Glover show, Atlanta, as the alligator man. And to be honest, he's crazy. I'm going to play you a clip of Cat Williams. He did an ad for Supreme, the clothing brand, where he's talking about Donald Trump and and the things surrounding him. Cat Williams is crazy. I want you to know that. Cat Williams is crazy, like crazy, crazy. If a crazy motherfucker is saying that you wild, that means you wild. Cat Williams is crazy. Cat Williams, though, when he speaks about this other nigga, sounds like the most coherent person on the planet. When a crazy nigga call you crazy, you know you crazy. That's all I got to say on that. Here's Cat Williams talking about Donald Trump. If it doesn't fit... It ain't shit. And things in this world are starting to not fit. Right now, we have a perfectly suitable clown running the free world. We got a guy whose advice included things that no decent crackhead would tell you to do with a gunshot wound. The man said, if you have bleach, rub it on yourself. Sprinkle something in your eye. If you see any UV light in the room, walk in front of it. But these are serious times. The president's a clown. Who gonna say something that makes sense? As for me in my household, I will. If you need me to say something dumb real slow so you can get it, I'll do that. Watch how it goes. Gravity is real. Huh, wasn't that simple? You notice how people didn't start hollering? Well, uh, well, bananas matter too. Nope, not the time for that. Let's stick on facts. Black lives matter, period. You can say it, you at home, say it. Wherever you are, no matter who's around, just say it. Say it because it's a fact. I want to apologize if some people have seen civil unrest and didn't understand that civil unrest is what happens every time a place is ruled by the people and the people's needs are not being met. Might not be the happy truth you want, but we deserve the truth. It says something real, real, real when Cat Williams a certified crazy ass person makes all the fucking sense in the world. Like that needs to be highlighted. Cat Williams is objectively crazy from fighting niggas. Oh, he fought a kid in a, in a backyard and he got washed. Cat Williams fought a child and got beat up 
He drove. He was like driving up and down the highway. He led the police on a police chase on an ATV. He was slapping niggas in targets. Cat Williams is wild. He, but even he, when he speaks, sounds like fucking Barack Obama. It's crazy. So to answer your question, who would be the worst celebrity to run the country? That nigga already in there. Now, if I'm going to squeeze it in real quick, this is just hilarious to me. This is Mike Pence. Mike Pence is Trump's vice president. Mike Pence was at a rally. I don't remember how long ago this was. Pretty recent, but I don't remember how long ago. Talking about the changes that Joe Biden and Kamala Harris want to uh, want to make. Let me just play this for you and I'll let you uh, figure it out. This is Mike Pence. Senator Kamala Harris said she would change the dietary guidelines of this country to reduce the amount of red meat Americans can eat. Well, I've got some red meat for you. We're not going to let Joe Biden and Kamala Harris cut America's meat. Oh, my God. I Listen, I know that's immature. <laughs> I know that's immature as fuck. But, hey, you. <laughs> hey, fucking you. This thing is wild. Hey, you. <laughs> Where y'all? This nigga's wallet. Yo, Trump and Pitt, they gotta fucking go, man. They gotta go. So, look, bruh. To answer your question in the longest way that I saw possible, they gotta go. Trump is the worst celebrity to ever run, hold the seat. Trump and Pence gotta go. They got to go thank you again for the questions i truly truly appreciate everyone who listens everyone who deals with my bullshit everyone who listens to my rant and rave and bitching moaning and complaining i appreciate it i really do and i hope to answer more and more and more and more and more you guys's questions and i really appreciate all the love and all the support that i receive now let's go to a, a very fun story very 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 fun um this is this is what I would this is this is something that I can only classify as what would you do for that WAP? And I've mentioned people before with what I would call quote unquote mythical box, meaning box that's so good that it'll make you go crazy. Erica Badu is on that list. She's on that list. She's a mythical box Hall of Famer. I want to bring your attention to Seattle Seahawks rookie named Kamaya Sivarand. What day did this story break? I don't know. Doesn't matter. I'm going to read you this story. The Seattle Seahawks have waived rookie cornerback Kamaya Sivarand earlier this week after he was caught on video trying to sneak a woman into the team's hotel, a source confirmed to ESPN. The NFL Network first reported the circumstances of Sivarand's release, noting that the woman was wearing Seahawks gear in an attempt to disguise herself as a player. Coach Pete Harrell 
Coach Pete Carroll's number one rule is to always protect the team. On Wednesday, he praised Seattle Seahawks veteran leaders for sending the right message to the locker room about the need to be disciplined while preparing for a season amidst the coronavirus pandemic. <laughs> what would you do for that WAP? What would you do for that WAP? The details of this person, this woman, we don't know anything about. We don't know who this woman is. We don't know where she's from. We don't know nothing. What I do know, she got mythical box. That is what I could tell you. Because if you're a rookie, you haven't made a dime yet. You just came out of college. We all know how corrupt the NCAA is. Players cannot be paid. Uh, they they live under these you know circumstances that they shouldn't because they're not really students they're athletes but the way that is set up the colleges make all the money the players make none we know the deal we know the business but unfortunately it's a necessary evil if you want to get to that bag in the NFL you haven't made no money you suffered through three or four years of college haven't made a dime. You finally get to the place where you could get some coin, put some in your savings, buy your mama a house, live better, get the fruits of your labor. You worked your whole life to get to this point. Being Playing football is not easy. It hurts. It sucks sometimes practicing. Wait, running. This shit hurts and it's and it's hard. You give it all up. You put a questionable season anyway in more question for yourself. Because you need that walk. You need that WAP. Now, again, he's a young guy. Young people make mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Everyone makes mistakes. Every person on this planet. So I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, what a fucking idiot. Oh, this, that, and the third. But I will say, this is more of, of this is less of an indictment on Kamaya Sivaran and more of, a cautionary tale. That WAP is going to get you got. <laughs> that WAP is going to get you got. We don't know this woman at all. I've never seen this person. I don't know her name. I don't know anything about this woman. He was willing to risk it all for a piece of that WAP. Just a piece. Fuck my career. I need a piece of that WAP. She is now a first ballot inductee into the Mythical Box Hall of Fame. Round of applause for this woman and her extraordinary talents. <laughs> Briefly, I want to uh, just 
play you what Stephen A. Smith, my guy, my guy, my guy, had to say about the situation. Because it's honestly all jokes. It's serious because of what he tried to do undermine the team. COVID is real. But it's also really fucking funny because this nigga had to have it. So just listen to what Stephen A. had to say. And we'll leave it there. Shout out to Kamaya, man. Risk it all, Hall of Famer. Well, first of all, I think it's just important that um, uh, uh, if there was if there was ever a reason to be forgiving for about somebody and their transgressions, this would qualify. I mean, let's not be hard on the brother, okay? I mean, let, let's understand that the NFL has engaged in cruel and unusual punishment, just like the NBA has engaged in cruel and unusual punishment here. It ain't easy, damn it. It's not easy, all right? And we have to heighten our level of sensitivity. Now, please don't get me wrong. I do understand on a serious note why the Seattle Seahawks needed to let him go. You got to send that message because it's not just about you. You're endangering your teammates and obviously, you know, you're endangering other lives, not, not just yourself. So it was incredibly selfish, immature, ill-advised, all those different things. And I understand. But that doesn't mean it wasn't understandable. I mean, we have to understand that these are very, very difficult and unparalleled circumstances that we are asking these young men, these professionals, to deal with. Some are more disciplined than others. And I'm here to tell you, because I've spoken to a few of them, even the most disciplined, even the veterans, even people that have been around, that's a lot to ask. (laughs) What an American treasure. What an American treasure. Now, before I cut out, I do want to actually have real sports commentary. This Clippers Maverick series have been has been amazing so far. Luka Doncic is fucking nice, man. I hope that Anki suffered an ankle injury in um, game three. I hope that it's not super, super serious. It didn't look great watching it. It has been great, man. Shout out to that's another team. It's just like, all right, boom. Uh, Mark Cuban who was the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, had two players uh, back in the day, Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki. Steve Nash, a tremendous point guard. Dirk Nowitzki, a very tall, offensively gifted power forward slash center. In 2005, was it 2005? I think it was 2005. Dallas chose to not pay Steve Nash the money that he wanted and let him walk to Phoenix. Um, where he then became a back-to-back MVP. Mark Cuban, the owner of the Dallas Mavericks, said letting Steve Nash walk was one of the worst decisions he's ever made in his life, and he would he would give anything to reverse that and keep Steve. So then what happens? 2017 comes, Dallas Mavericks draft Luka Doncic. Uh, 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 you could even say a big point guard. I mean, he's classified as a small forward, but he's really a, just a big point guard. And... What does he do? He gets Kristaps for fucking Zingas to make Steve Nash and Dirk Nowitzki 2.0. That is the example of an owner being smart. That is the example of an owner being fucking smart. Luca is nice. Kristaps is nice. Together, they're going to be a force to be fucked with. That's good ownership. That's good decision making. Anyway. That series has been great. Paul George has been playing like shit. <laughs> after, listen, after Damian Lillard put him in his place, 
we see what the fucking deal is. Uh, what's the other ones? Utah and Denver. Um, I think Denver will bounce back. Um, it'll probably go six or seven. I'm not sure. Uh, what's the other ones? Uh, Brooklyn and and Toronto. That's a sweep. Philly and Boston. That's a sweep. Um, Philly got a lot of problems, man. They got a lot of problems. They got a lot of problems. I don't know what's gonna be the future of Philadelphia though. They got good players, but they can't win. It's, uh, so. And uh, in the West, what do we got? Uh, so we got Clippers, Mavs, we got Denver, Utah. Uh, what are the other ones? Oh, the Lakers and the Trailblazers. Now, look, Damian Lillard, who's been on a tear, fucked up his finger, dislocated his finger. But the Lakers, they've been a little shaky. They've been shaky warriors. So I don't know. All I do know is LeBron James looking at his teammates like Kevin Hart. Help me. So we'll see what happens. Um, I'm just happy sports is back. And that's all I got, man, on the sports, man. That's all I got. Uh, got a few. I got time for one more thing. Um, it's kind of serious. It's really it's really actually very serious, in my opinion. I want to talk about Megan Thee Stallion. So as you guys know, um, it may have been four episodes ago, I talked about Megan Thee Stallion and Tory Lane where uh, they were at a party together at Kylie Jenner's house. After the party was over, Tori and Megan were leaving. A series of events happened. Megan Thee Stallion was taken to the hospital where she had gunshot wounds in her pee. Um, you know, we didn't know what the all the details were. We didn't know who fired what. We didn't know if it was an accident. We don't know what the, the situation was. We don't know really. We at the time did not know many things. Megan said it was a crime that was committed against to her with the intent to harm. That's all we knew at the time. At first, she said it was just she got cut by some glass. Then it was revealed it was a gunshot. This week, Megan came out and broke her silence. I guess she was just tired of people claiming false things on her or putting their own narratives out there, and she addressed it. She said explicitly Tory Lane shot her I think that is very serious and I think that is something that needs to be discussed briefly of course because I'm not plugged in um first I want to say I'm sorry I when I attacked this topic earlier I had a joking tone to it I said basically Megan Thee Stallion shouldn't have been fucking with the short niggas because the short niggas is always mad and, you know, that was a joke. It was a lighthearted joke, but it is serious now. She revealed it. He did do this on purpose. Why? I don't know. I don't know. But it is serious. And I and I see a lot of the outcry on social media saying, and I, to which I agree with. I wouldn't be speaking with if I didn't agree. They're saying basically black women feel like they're not protected. Right? They just, black men do not protect black women the, the way that they deserve to be protected. And to a large portion, that is true. She even said in the video, she didn't say anything as an attempt to try to protect him. And he shot her. She had to break her silence now because the narrative is getting fucked up. And I just think it's very sad. I think it's a very sad situation. 
So my heart goes out to Megan because that creates a whole lot of more problems, right? She's a young, successful, talented, transformative figure in this industry. And not only is she going through the problems of, be, of, of being a star, all the things that come along with that, now she probably doesn't know who she can trust. Now she probably it has uh, maybe a level of anxiety or could develop, um, she could go into a depression off of these things. This, all of these things can affect her mental health as she's still becoming one of the biggest stars out here. It's difficult to be in the public eye. People all in your business, TMZ camped outside your door. Now you thought you could be around someone who you trusted. You thought who had your best interest. You thought who who probably was looking out for you in some way, form or fashion. Even just as a friend, someone who can relate to the to the trials and the tribulations and the problems that come with success. You can't even trust that. So my heart goes out to her. Seriously, my heart goes out to her. I'm happy that she's alive. Happy that she's still with us. But that shit is real. That's real shit. And it's 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 not a joke, honestly. I don't think it's funny. So I want to I apologize and I apologize again for my earlier tone toward it. I made jokes basically just commenting that Tory Lanez, because he's short, he's quick to anger. And she she will never be with a short nigga again because short niggas is mad all the time. But I want to apologize for that because this is a real serious situation. And my heart really goes out to her because she had to record a video. Recorded a video first saying how everything, how she was having such a difficult time. She just lost her mom. Then she got going through all the shit with the production company or the first record label she signed to. And now she had to deal with getting shot. It's very, it's been a very rough time for her. And my heart goes out to her. That's all I have to say. I don't know her. Of course, she doesn't know me. But I think it just had to be said. Like, it's a really sad situation. And I feel for her. My heart goes out to her. And I want to just send her some prayers, send her some love from this platform. Because it's a, that's a real situation. Like, I couldn't even imagine that shit. Right? Like, just I'll put myself in that position. This podcast goes somewhere. I'm in the public light. I have to deal with that. I have to deal with all the things that come with that taxes, people's expectations, or you got to look out, you can't leave the hood behind, you got to take care of your mom, you got to take care of your family, you got to take care of yourself. All these people want to put their hands in your pockets now because you got pockets for people to put hands in. And then someone who I think is a confidant or a friend gets upset with me and tries to shoot and shoots me. That's like, I can't even imagine. So Man, my heart goes out to Megan, man. My heart goes out to her. It does. It really does. You know, I've never, I've never, I couldn't even think of being in a situation like that. So, man, my heart goes out to her, man. I'm praying for her. I appreciate her. I think she's very talented. And um, more than that, um, just as a, on the human, the human level, you know, I just recognize how, how sad and how, difficult that is so my heart my prayers go out to megan the stallion man i'm praying for you and um and no one should have to go through that no one should have to go through that and that will wrap it up 
episode number 29 of the Bronx Bias Podcast is in the books. I'm your host once again. My name is Denzel. Keep Megan in your prayers. Um, arrest the cops who killed Breonna Taylor. Rest in peace to all the victims of police brutality and systemic racism in America. Um, thank you again to everyone who tunes in, who likes, subscribes, and shares, who's active on social media, who uh, and who loves and supports this platform, and who uses their voices to affect change in a positive way. Um, pray for me dealing with these sorry ass fucking nicks pray for me horrible ass horrible 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 team horrible situation and um you know be safe out there guys covid is still real please still use all the precautions your social distancing your masks um because covid is is not to be fucked with please get all the information you can about these upcoming elections remember um you can use mail-in voting as a measure, but just be wary because of the efforts to try and slow down the mail. Um, if you have to stand in that line, fucking stand in it. Get all the information you can on the candidates, their policies, etc. So you can make an informed decision. Please use your voice when it comes to voting. Um, and what else do I got here? Um, yeah, that's about it. That's it. That's it for this week. Man, what a week for me. What a week for me, man. What a week. Fucking Knicks, man. They, The Knicks are the epitome of something that could just fuck up a wet dream. The Knicks could fuck up a wet dream. I tell you, boy. They could fuck up a wet dream. So pray for me. <laughs> pray for me, man. Uh, and I'm going to fade you guys out with a great song. Um, in my R&B lane, it's not necessarily all R&B. This is more of like alternative slash electronic. This is, uh, it's called Under the Moon by 070 Shake. I love her. Um, off her album Motors Vivendi. And it's kind of encapsulating how I feel dealing with these Knicks. She says in the song in a portion, I want to get high. I want to get high because I need something to escape this pain that I am feeling by the New York fucking Knicks or brought to me by the New York Knicks. So keep me in your prayers. But more importantly, I'm joking, of course. Keep, you know, Megan in your prayers. Keep the victims or the victims' families of all this police brutality and systemic racism in your prayers. Uh, keep all the victims of COVID in your prayers. Um you know, and we will get through this together. We will. We will. We'll get through it. But it is in these trying times, just, you know, a little more empathy and a little more, um, a little more tenderness is needed, you know, just with all the shit that's happening out here. So, um, hope you guys have a great week and a great weekend. Uh, this has been the Bronx Bias Podcast, episode 29. We are out. How they got inside, oh, really? I don't know. Can't keep letting randoms up inside your home. Drink too much, no, you drink too much, no. Spirits in your blood is seeping through your soul. 
caught it, need some water, caught it, need some water. Look up to the sky and I feel closer to you. Get on, get even, get on when you kill a two piece. Look up for me, not for baby, even when you leave. It stays under the 